Priesta, he's been the hero in this round for FaZe thus far. He finds another kill. It's Priesta working on the ace to close this out. Scum's hitting through mid-map, doesn't have time to work with, and FaZe Clan! FaZe Clan for the first time since the Season 3 Playoffs of Advanced Warfare in 2015! All righty, what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of COD Talks. I am your host, Furs95. Tons to get to today. Roster Mania is in full effect. Um, we've already had several confirmed rosters already. I am uh, want to start off by just kind of going down the list of the confirmed rosters up to this point. Um, so the major ones, obviously, the first one being uh, Slasher has confirmed is confirmed to be going to rise, joining uh, alongside of Gunless, Looney, and TJ. Uh, TK has made roster changes as well. They have picked up Methods and Pharaoh alongside Kenny and Accuracy. Envy has confirmed to be picking up Chino and Decimate alongside of Hook and Classic. United has confirmed to be picking up Felony alongside of Clay, Arsides, and Prasini. And Evil Geniuses has has confirmed to be picking up Silly and Assault alongside of Aches and Apathy. There's a lot of there's a lot of other rosters that are still technically rumored, but they're all but confirmed at this point. Um, I believe uh, Tempt to Echo Fox is one of those. Uh, there's some other. I think Ricky might be playing alongside or, uh, with uh, Lightning Pandas. You know, so uh, there's a bunch of other confirmed, not yet. Totally confirmed rosters, but all but confirmed at this point. Um, and I'll probably dive into more of those uh, in next week's episode. Um, but for now, I'm just going to stick to these. Uh, just kind of give my initial thoughts on, you know, if this made the team better or worse. You know, all things of that nature. So, uh, first and foremost, just want to start off with Rise. Um, the addition of Slasher. So, I think on paper, this absolutely makes Rise a better team. I mean, Slasher, in my mind has been the best player in the game up to this point. I think his he's just been the most impactful player, in my opinion. His presence, you always feel his presence on the map. Uh, he's, he's very versatile. Uh, he's a really smart, strong S&D player. Uh, you know, his hardpoint game speaks for itself. He's got ridiculous KDs every event, just about every event. I know he didn't play too well at Birmingham, but... Um, Every other event he's been he's been dealing absolutely off, uh, you know. CTF game strong as well. I mean, he's just a guy that I, I think what, what rise. But it was kind of a unique situation, right? Because once Slash, Slasher announced free agency, uh, th that's a huge deal. I mean, he was like I said in my mind, he's been the single best player in the game up to this point. And when the best player in the game announces free agency. You gotta look at him. I don't care who you are, even if you're optic gaming, you have to at least look at him and think, okay, and at least consider trying to add him to your team because he's a guy that is so talented. I mean, he's the best player of the game. I mean, I, I realize you know people are gonna point out his personality issues, his his maybe ego issues, but you know, and I and that's true. It's a fair point. I think it's a fair criticism of Slasher because um, you know in the past he he's he has had problems you know, bashing heads with other, with other players. But ultimately I, I just, he's too big a talent to pass up on. And I think that's what rise ultimately, you know, decided upon is that, look, we love method methods to, to death. He's been playing great for us, but slasher is, is a really unique talent. And, uh, we just, we got to go after him. And I, and I respect that decision. And it's honestly a decision I probably would have made if I were rise. I know that some people would disagree with that. Some people thought that, Oh, they've only had one bad event. And, um, you know, why make the change this early? Uh, and ultimately, I think that it's it's just it just comes down to the simple fact that you just it's you can't pass up on an opportunity to pick up the best player in the game. Um, 
you know, I would say I guess it's a relatively high risk, high reward just because of how well Rise has played up to this point. And it's, it, it, you know, there's they've already won an event. They've only been together for a few. And, you know, it's it's like there's, there's only so much better they can get. But I, I ultimately do think this makes Rise a better team uh, on paper, at least for sure. You know, maybe there are going to be personality clashes, but. I mean, again, I, I just this is a scary lineup. I mean, you just added the best AR in the game, in my opinion. You have the best flex player in the game, and you have two very strong subs in Looney and TJ. So ultimately, again, I, I just think Rise is a scary team. They are already a scary team, and I think this makes them even more scary, to be honest. Um, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, you know, particularly um, like most people pointed out, the the, the role clash, the role or not the role clashes, the the, the personality clashes between. Slasher and, and and mainly Gunless will be interesting, um, but you know again I, I I think that this is you know they're two guys that just want to win, and I think that they're too talented to I think they'll I think they'll understand that you know they gotta put their differences aside and and just recognize their their talent and and, and what this team is capable of, um, so I, I I expect big things from this Rise roster. I'm very interested to see how they do uh, throughout the remainder of the World War II season. Uh, so with that said, guys, I'm going to move on to TK. Uh, so TK's roster, very interesting, very interesting. Um, I think it was a much-needed change. I think that ultimately, like I've talked about before, this this TK roster, the old one, just it just didn't fit the how the way the meta shifted. Um, they had two main ARs in Chino and Accuracy, and uh, that didn't help their cause. You know, they, they didn't have a whole lot of sub-pressure next to Kenny. Kenny didn't really have much of a duo. Uh, Theory just was not pulling his weight in terms of slang. Uh, and uh, ultimately, I, I do think this is this definitely makes TK a better team. I know Pharaoh is maybe a little bit of a questionable pickup pickup for some people, um, just because he's you know he's still pretty young and largely unproven. But I, I think he's wildly talented. I think Pharaoh he reminds me a lot of when TJ Haley was coming up back in AW, and uh, I, I think. I think it's a. I think it's a. I don't know if it's a safe gamble, but I think it's a good gamble to make, um, because ultimately Pharaoh is a very aggressive, uh, you know, hyper hyper aggro sub that I think is going to go along very well with Kenny. I think him and Kenny uh, could really become a strong uh, SMG duo that we all know is so so important in the success uh, in World War II. So. I like the Pharaoh pickup, and then Methods, of course, is a great pickup. I think Methods was a guy that, you know, he's he's been an MVP of a tournament. He's been a T3 AR in my mind up to this point. Um, and he was a guy that, you know, once Rise announced that they were dropping him, he's a guy that you definitely had to look at going after. And uh, TK took advantage of it. And I think um, it will be interesting to see. I, I think I, I've heard rumors that accuracy is going to be the flex. Um which is which is the only sort of question mark in my opinion on this team. I guess Farrah is quite kind of a question mark too. But the biggest question mark I have for this team is accuracy. How is he going to adapt to the flex rule? Because he kind of struggled with it in the past on the old roster. So ultimately, I think that's what this team's success is going to come down to. Um, you know, we, we talk about it time and time again. You really need a strong flex player in order to be successful in World War II. And, um, you know, accuracy, like I said in the past, he kind of struggled with it, but maybe this new roster will sort of reinvigorate, re change his mindset a little bit. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. But again, I, I think TK ultimately did get better as well on paper, and I'm excited to see what we get from them uh, moving on in the World War II season as well. Uh, so moving on, uh, next I want to talk about the Envy roster. Um, this is an interesting one. You know, Envy was put in kind of a tough spot uh, with Slasher announcing free agency. 
and obviously they didn't have him contracted, so he, they they weren't really able to restrict him or anything like that. Um, so it was, you know, Envy kind of had to just do what they could. Um, they didn't really have, a, like, a choice on anyone they wanted. And so ultimately, I, I like this roster too. I think that, I, I don't know if it's going to be a better roster necessarily. You know, I know that their old roster kind of underperformed in terms of their expectations, but their expectations were really high. I mean, let's be fair, you know, that roster coming into World War II, I mean, they were fully expecting to win events, and uh, they never won one, obviously, and that's ultimately why they broke up. And uh, I think that this roster, it has potential to be better for sure, um, because, you know, ultimately there was a lot of room to be better on the old Envy roster, but, you know, I don't know. I guess my biggest question marks with this roster are going to be Decimate and Hook. Because Hook, to me, has been maybe the most underwhelming player in World War II up to this point. Um, and I hate to rip into him that hard because it was ob- I mean, it's obviously very difficult to come back from competing in Halo for, what, two, three years, uh, you know, where they were ha- they had advanced movement in Halo as well. You come back to a boots-on-the-ground COD. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big adjustment. And I, I want to be fair to Hook because that's, that's really tough. And, uh, you know, again... Another reason why I would say he's underwhelming is because Hook set himself such a high standard back when he was competing in uh, Advanced Warfare. You know, he, in my mind, I remember watching him and I was like, "This dude is the next Scump." I mean, he was just ridiculous in AW, and uh, he really set a high bar for himself. And so, I just don't think he's lived up to that bar yet. But again, there's a lot of time left in the World War II season for him to improve. So maybe this is what he needed. Maybe he just needed a change of pace, change of scenery in his team. And uh, I think that that's ultimately what this team's success is going to come down to. I think Decimate and Hook have got to be that strong SMG duo that Temp and Hook were not able to be. And, you know, ultimately, I think there's I think there's real potential for that because I think, you know, Hook probably has a little bit more freedom now. I know Slasher was the was the uh, in-game leader for the old Envy roster, and he was, you know, I'm a you know, pretty tough guy, pretty hard on everyone when they would make mistakes. And uh, I assume with this team, I would say probably the in-game leader would be either Classic or Chino, maybe a little bit of both. Um, And I think obviously those are much more laid-back guys than Slasher, and maybe Hook will have a little bit more you know, freedom to do do what he wants in the game. And um, ultimately, I think, again, Decimate, I I really like the signing of Decimate. I think Decimate is a guy uh, that, again, he's one of those young gun, uh, largely unproven, but really talented uh, guys that I think really could have a big impact. I think he's a guy that, you know, I really liked what I saw from him when he was on um, Arrow's roster. And um, I think ultimately him, him and Hook uh, could become a really good SMG duo, duo as well. I think that that's ultimately what this team's going to come down to. I think Chino moving back him back to the main AR position, I think that's a really good move. Uh, I think you know what you're going to get with Chino. Chino's a great player. Uh, a lot of intangibles with Chino. He knows how to win. He's already won two events in this game. Um, so I really like the pickup of Chino. And then Classic, I think Classic is a guy that's really starting to come into his own at the flex position we've talked about a little bit before. Um, you know, he's a guy that brings a lot of veteran leadership. And uh, I, I think uh, with Classic and Chino, you largely know what you're going to get. And uh, again, it's going to come down to Decimate and Hook. They've just, they've got to they've gotta become that, that strong SMG, hyper-aggressive, high-slaying, uh, duo that that you need to be successful in World War II. Um, but with that said, guys, I'm going to move on to the next roster that was confirmed, and that was United's roster. So, United has uh, decided to drop Silly and replace Silly with Felony. Interesting decision. Interesting. Uh, ultimately, 
I think this does make United a better team. And the reason being is because they needed more hyper sub aggression alongside of Brasini. I think Brasini and Silly, there were some serious pacing issues there. Um, and I think Felony is a more aggressive sub, and I think that's going to allow him to, um, you know, bait and switch, trade uh, alongside of Pristini, uh, much better than Silly was able to do. So ultimately, I, I think it's a good pickup. I think it's a good pickup. Um, all, the, the only thing is, though, I, the, with regards to United's old roster with Silly, I don't think that was just a one-man problem. I think Silly was not the only problem. Pristini has been very underwhelming up to this point in World War II as well. And uh, I think he'd probably be the first one to admit that. I mean, I think he's he's a guy that, again, he, he set himself a pretty high standard back in IW. And I think that, you know, he's a guy that needs to step up his game for sure. Um, I think he has been, though. I will say that. I think he has been in recent, recent events. Um, you know, he really stepped it up when E United needed to uh, get some wins in order to qualify for Stage 1 playoffs. You know, and I like what I saw from him. Uh, he, had, he had flashes at Stage 1 playoffs uh is as well. And I think that ultimately, you know, it's going to come down to, again, I, I, this is another team where I think it's going to come down to the subs. I think that it's going to come down to felony and Persini and how can, how can they become that strong SMG SMG duo? You know, we know what we're going to get with, with clay and Arsides. We've seen it. Clay is still a top AR in this game. In my mind, in most people's minds, he's got, he's a guy that just brings so much veteran leadership and experience, um, to the game. He's a great S and D player. Um, and then Arsides has become one of, if not the best, best flex players in the game. So I think that, you know, you're going, you know what you're going to get with Clay and Arsides. It's going to come down to Pristini and Felony. They've just, they've got to become that strong SMG, uh, you know, in your face at all times duo that that you need to be successful in this game. And uh, that's that's really it. That's really it. That's really it for uh, for United. So with that said, I'm going to move on to Evil Geniuses. Uh, this is another interesting one to me. I think that first and foremost, they they decided to drop Nameless. Enable decided to go. Uh, as a free agent, and uh, they decided to pick up Silly and Assault alongside of Aches and Apathy. So, uh, ultimately, I, I like the dropping of Nameless. Uh, you know, Nameless has just been very underwhelming uh, as well in this game. You know, he just has not been that high slang uh, AR, main AR that you need uh, in this game. And, uh, you know, I really like the pickup of Assault. I think Assault's a guy that a lot of people speculated what they were going to go after once they decided to drop Nameless, which was. Um, you know, obviously a good move. Aix has a lot of history with Assault. They've played with each other before. They know their play styles. Um, they get along pretty well, as, as far as I'm aware. So I think that, you know, the, the pickup of Assault is a definite upgrade in my mind. Um, I think he assaults a guy that's it's proven to be, he, he can be a, a top AR as well. So I, I like the pickup of Assault. And then Silly, again, I, I think Silly is a guy that, he, he brings a lot of intent. He's kind of like a karma almost. He makes a lot of really smart plays and a, a lot of, he makes a lot of, of big kills. And, you know, he's not going to light it up necessarily in the KD category, um, but he's a, he's a very smart player and he's a very, uh, you know, he just, he gets a lot of crucial kills, uh, map in and map out. So I, I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, how he plays alongside of Apathy. You know, Apathy again is another guy that has been, I guess, I guess underwhelming is how I'd put it. I, more so, I'd say inconsistent. He's been very inconsistent in this game and uh, just hasn't really been able to find his consistency yet in World War II. So, 
ultimately, again, I think this is another team that it's going to come down to the subs because Assault, I think you largely know what you're going to get with Assault. You're going to get a strong man AR, rather slow player. And Aix has been very good in this game. But Aix has been a very good flex player in this game. And uh, I think that you largely know what you're going to get with Aix. So, again, it's going to come down to, you know, Apathy's got to pick up his consistency a little bit. And Silly has got to learn how to really find his role and fit in with this team. Um, and uh, ultimately, I think that's what it's, what it's going to come down to. But I, I do think this does make EG better. They couldn't get a whole lot worse, to be honest. I mean, I know they, they um, qualified for... Uh, the Pro League, but just barely, and then they just completely choked qualifying for stage one playoffs. So, you know, ultimately, I, I think this does make EG a little bit better. I mean, they needed a change big time. So, uh, ultimately, I think I think this will make EG uh, a better team. But with that said, guys, I am going to segue over to the divisions update. So, uh, as most of you know, on Tuesday there was a major, major update uh, for World War II, and basically, it, it, it virtually almost completely overhauled the division system so the way it works now is now you get two you get one tactical and one lethal grenade so now you can run a stun and a nade um they basically redid all of the divisions as well so now uh you get three attachments on every gun uh, as opposed to two uh they took a, they did a bunch of other stuff you know armored now has a flinch reduction uh i don't know i forget all the actual details but i played with it some and i'm sure most of you guys have as well and um Oh, the big, the other big thing I, I, I want to mention that's a huge, huge positive is the score streak adjustment. So the score streaks have been adjusted. The fighter pilot now costs, I think, like $850, um, which is huge. I mean, all the score streaks really, I think, got bumped up just a little bit. I think the glide bomb is now 700 as opposed to 650 I think the more—I don't know if the more strike changed, but they, they just, they just basically— um, they did exactly what we said we've wanted for a while. Now they, they they made the fighter pilot now the hardest streak to get, which it should have been uh, all along. And uh, now even the glide bomb is a little bit difficult, more difficult to get as well. So ultimately, this is a great, great change um, because, you know, ultimately, I really do think score streaks have a place in competitive so long as they're balanced and they just weren't balanced before. They just weren't. I mean, the fighter pilot was the best streak and it was the easiest to get. It just made no sense. So uh, this up, this uh, change was much needed, much appreciated. I'm very, very excited to see how this plays out. Now I think we're gonna we're gonna be in a position where uh, streaks are, actually do have a place in competitive. And um, ultimately, I, I think that's that's a great, great change uh, that. Uh, was implemented by Sledgehammer. So props to Sledgehammer for that one. Thanks a lot, guys. Another thing I wanted to touch on, this whole Divisions update, um, before I really get into the meta of it, uh, I think this kind of basically confirms my theory about Condry. So as you guys, most of you guys know, uh, Condry was, uh, in. I think this pretty much confirms that he was ousted from his position at Sledgehammer. Him and him and uh, Glenn Schofield, the two, head, the two former heads of Sledgehammer Games, I think this basically confirms that they were ousted. Um, because this is a basically a big middle finger to everything Condry established. I mean, these. I mean, you. There, like, there is no chance we would have gotten this update had Condry still be still have been the head of Sledgehammer Games. There's no way. And I think this this basically confirms it. Like I said, I mean, I think that, you know, this basically proves that I think there were some serious creative differences between Condry and maybe others at Sledgehammer, even people at Activision. Uh, and it basically just proves that Condry was just unwilling to listen to the community and give us what we want. He all, he was just about how he wanted the game to be how he made it. He didn't care largely about what we wanted as a community, as a, as a player base. Um, 
And uh, I'm just, I'm just thank God that they got rid of him, honestly, because again, there is no way we're getting this type of update with Condry still in place. So uh, with that said, I, I just want to kind of touch on what the update has done so far in terms of the meta. So it really, ultimately, we haven't gotten a whole lot of time with it. You know, we haven't had a major land with it yet. So there's not, there's a, there's still some speculation as to how this is really going to play out. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think there are changes that still need to be made. I like the direction they're going. They're allowing more uh, customization, more flexibility for players to kind of pick and choose what they want on their classes, which is ultimately a good thing in my mind. But I do think there are some problems. I think that first and foremost, Armored is essentially a crutch a crutch uh, division now. I mean, you basically have to be running armored, uh, especially in, in hard point. I mean, there's no, you're just not going to get away with, with anything else really. I mean, airborne hunker, you know, you could work, but I mean, ultimately now that everyone has a stun, you're just going to get stunned into oblivion using that. So, um, I, I think that ultimately, I, I think they need to revert back to just one, uh, nade. I, I think that because the way it is now is like I said, you have to be running armored because Armored is the only one that gives a counter to both um, a nade and a stun. You can't run any other division. You have to, you'd have to pick and choose between uh, Hunker, and I think it's Instincts now that is essentially Tack Mask. It, it, it um, reduces the effects of stuns. So ultimately, I think they need to first and foremost go back to just one nade. Uh, I think the armored, the gung-ho thing is also another big problem. I think gung-ho is now on the airborne class, I believe. And then when you throw on steady aim, it just becomes OP. It's ridiculous. So uh, I think gung-ho needs to be taken off of uh, airborne. I think the armored needs to be, uh, ultimately, I think if you go back to just one, one nade, uh, I think that is going to help a lot with with uh not making armor to crutch division uh just because you know ultimately then you can then you free up players to use airborne and hunker perhaps um so ultimately i think that uh you know the biggest thing to me is going back to one nade uh getting essentially getting rid of gung-ho on airborne and then i know i saw the pros i, I saw nameless's first podcast which is great by the way hats off to nameless i love that i love how they're doing that now very interesting to see how the pros you know the pros takes on all this stuff but um they were kind of concerned about i think they slightly reduced the sprint out speed oh that's another thing i forgot to mention is that uh there is now unlimited sprint for every class um which is uh, ultimately i think a good thing it, it doesn't make it to where airborne is as much of a crutch uh as before so I like the unlimited sprint, um, but I, they, I think they also slightly reduced the speed at which everyone runs in order to account for that. And uh, I don't really see a whole, huge problem with this. I know the pros had voiced some concerns about it. I don't really see a huge problem with it. Um, I think the fact that there is unlimited sprint, you know, allows you, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a fine compensation. I don't think there's a huge difference. Uh, I mean, so far, so, you know, so far from what I've played and what I've saw, I don't think there's a big problem, but maybe something will pop up. I'm very interested to see how this, how this update plays, uh, at Seattle next weekend. Um, that's going to be really where we discover what needs to be tweaked, adjusted, um, you know, fine tuned in order to make this division update the best it can be. So, you know, ultimately interested to see how it plays out. I think that, uh, there were, it, I think this is a step in the right direction. 
but there are things that need to be changed that need to be fine-tuned for sure so uh, interested to see how it goes. Um, you know, very excited for Seattle. And, uh, you know, lastly, I just wanted to t- kind of touch on my, my sort of just housekeeping things. Um, so ultimately, as most of you guys know, Seattle is next week. C- CWL Seattle. Uh, very excited for it. Obviously, you know, anytime there's a major event, I, j- I just get giddy. I just can't wait to just sit, sit, sit on my ass and just watch Helicod the whole weekend, man. I, it's just, it's just great. So, um, uh, I think next week's episode will be out on Thursday to account for the tournament. Obviously, I want to give uh, my breakdown, break down the tournament, break down the pools, uh, all that good stuff, as always. Um, with that said, guys, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, guys. Like, share this episode if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to me on YouTube and iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. That always helps us out a lot. Really gets me, uh, helps me understand what you guys want, what I need to improve upon. Uh, that's always much appreciated. And uh, with that said, guys, that's going to do it. I will see you guys on Thursday. Thursday.